The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? So we're drinking a, a drink called the Bobby Boucher, which is similar to the Bobby Burns. The Bobby Burns uses scotch, mm. and then we're switching it in this one to bourbon, and it's actually a rye. It's bullet rye bourbon. And you're trading some of the cherry herring that they use for the sweet vermouth, so... Well, the Bobby Burns was a great drink. Yeah, so it was a great drink. So let me tell you what's in this. And I've made this a variation, so eventually I'll probably have to rename it because it's my version. But it's a quarter ounce of cherry herring or cherry liqueur. I think the herring is the best. Two ounces of bourbon, and I put in a rye, okay? Quarter ounce of Benedictine, and then a half an ounce of sweet vermouth. You stir it for a minute, and then serve it in a glass with a large cube. Got it. And then what I did is... I didn't have an orange garnish, so what I ended up doing was putting some of the orange bitters over the ice cube before the drink even got there. Oh, okay. So while I was stirring it, the orange bitters were coating the ice ball, if you will. Right. And then when I pour it over, I pour it over and it integrates it. Got it. All so, right. Let's see. Nice taste. I expect this drink to be strong because bourbon's sweet and this isn't sweet. Oh. But it's plenty sweet. It's plenty sweet. The vermouth is sweet. So cherry cherry is is bitter yeah, because it's the cherry pits, right? Right. The Benedictine is super sweet. There's only a quarter ounce. But this is bullet rye, so it's not our Forester, which is much Mm. more of a drier rye with more spice. Mm -hmm. This is closer to being smooth like a bourbon. It's a really balanced drink, though. It is. Yeah. And you can imagine with the ice ball, it's going to just get... Easy and easy to drink. Easier and easier to drink. It's not hard to drink now. It's it's an enjoyable drink. It's a sipper. It's a definite sipper. And it's balanced, and it's flavorful, and uh, I like it. Good. And I have to laugh because you and I are just two peas in a pod, I swear. So I would go, you hear me looking at recipes because I'm always hunting for the new a new cocktail. Yeah. And then I'm getting to the point, you can tell now, where I'm starting to just make changes as I want to make changes. Right. But I got this recipe came up, and you heard me go, ooh. And you're like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> I go, well, this has Benedictine in it. And you're like, well, this is going to be a good drink. <laughs> yeah. I think we're predisposed to that. I think that is. No, but it is delicious and it is balanced. And once again, I'm floored by the way that Benedictine interacts with these different liquors because, you know, the cherry herring is one thing and the vermouth is one thing and the rye is one thing. 
mm-hmm. and it all comes together and the Benedictine can interact Marries with it. all of them to marry it in a way that just makes it really palatable. And again, I want to encourage people since I'm learning so much as a mixologist through this process of making cocktails on a regular basis, this drink would be interesting to try with Galliano. It's not Benedictine, no. but it's a herbaceous type of that, that's liqueur. That's an interesting idea, yeah. It also might work because it is so sweet. Now that could be, you have to taste the balance of the rye. You might have to add some simple syrup to change the balance, but you could play with maybe some chartreuse. Mm. So anything that's a medicinal, like herbaceous type of liqueur, which would be Dom, Galliano, any of the chartreuses. If you want to go sweeter, you could go with Drambuie, right? Those have that herbaceousness in the herbs and spices and all the different things they put in them that it often picks up notes in all the other alcohol you're yeah, using. It'd be interesting to try those. Yeah. And name them different things. Yeah. <laughs> right now. I like this one, but I like this too. Chapter 32. Yeah. Cool chapter. It was a cool chapter. Really cool. You know, I think we can just have a really short podcast today. We just say, Amy gets revenge. She's winning. She's winning. <laughs> she is, man. She fucked him so good. Oh. And, yeah, the, I mean, and Sunita, you have to give credit to her. She came out in such a way where Amy wasn't put in the middle of it, like to, to validate it. it just, right. She just had done her research, man. Yeah. yeah. So the premise of this chapter is the story breaks in the publications, the yes. Wall Street Journal, it's yeah. on CNBC. It's Every basically hour. it's yeah it's basically Wall Street getting the tabloid treatment. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever paid attention to tabloids, but fucking tabloid media is the worst. They just invade your entire life. Yeah. It, so, they're a virus. Yeah. So John who's being hounded is hating this right now. He's fucking hating it. Oh yeah, well even when Chen who's still on the inside is is talking to Amy giving her insider yeah. information about what's happening. You know, BFB is taking this extremely seriously, right? Because uh, John did this all under the radar, and so they feel used, obviously. So they're escorting him out. You know, he's losing his patting job, him down and patting him, him down, yeah. letting him only grab a few things out of his office. They're yeah. basically saying, "Fuck you, get out of our building." Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's very interesting. You know, I mean, I'm. It's I have two minds about this chapter. One mind of it is, you know, you and I talk a lot about integrity. Mm, you know, yeah. just just being integral in your work. Yep. And we we had this whole conversation yesterday <laughs> yeah. about how people shave corners and take yeah. risks and do it to advantage themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have things like police and laws and judges, right? Like yeah, people, because someone didn't do it. People break the law. Like yeah. they actually put themselves above the rules. And it's even why they're referees in sport. Right? Yeah, we so, got into a long discussion. Yeah, it's about a long that. discussion about even just how people always are trying to shave the edge, take advantage. But in this context, what John did, actually, what Seth did. Yes. What Seth did, and the, and his girlfriend and Alex. and Alex, and then with John, what they did cost people like millions of people their entire their entire savings, experience their whole of life. retirement. Yeah. Their homes. Yeah. I mean, it... It was shocking. Yeah. Like, like, I keep coming back to this. This is a good story in the sense that it occurs at a time 
when the banking industry had fucking dropped the ball in a way that almost sunk the entire world economy. Yeah. I mean, really, it was that bad. Yeah. You know, within weeks, Greece was underwater, Italy was underwater. I mean, it fucked up like everything. Yes. And at the root of it was salacious shit like this. Yeah. Like this is the argument that there were people, yeah, just, just, Shaving edges, just taking advantage, well, just, just bypassing doing whatever rules. they want to do to get ahead. Yeah, I mean that's the that was what we talked about, and it was so funny because I got so cynical about yeah. humans yeah. in that moment. Just like it's not like I'm a goody goody, if you want to call it that, and yeah. say black and white only. No, but I think humans know what the right thing is to do. Right, there are ethics. Yeah, there's ethics that yeah. are, and I'm getting completely beyond people's faith, religion. Right. I think if you look at children, which are the essence of little humans right right? and they are their brains even aren't even as advanced as an adult would be right but they know basic things if you watch them not if they've had environment nature versus nurture kind of experiences that have changed your behavior if you just look at just generally yeah yeah yeah. even paced kids yeah they'll do things like share naturally yeah they'll help each other up if they fall down there's these things that we just now have common and humans know that yeah you don't have to be taught ethics. Yeah. At a certain point, we start violating those ethics. We choose. We, we choose make to. flat out choices to say, yeah. it's okay if I bend the rules here. See, here's the thing. Humans have two things that the basic animal kingdom doesn't have. They have free will yep. and they have volition. Yep. Right? And those two things. So any choice that anybody makes at any point comes from their free will and their actual volition, their freedom to choose. Yep. And, and because a, most people are me oriented. Yes, selfish, absolutely. Yes. Totally selfish yeah. species. Yeah. That they will do whatever advances them. Yeah. And some people, like, because of the world they live in, because of the universe they have influence over, yeah. the choices they make impact millions of people. And that's what this story is about. It's yeah. about people making choices to take advantage, to make some money, to like leverage, play the system, to like leverage the angles. And what happens is millions of people lose their homes. Yeah. That's what this is, right? It's such a selfish existence. And if we talk about authenticity and where we've gone with yeah. our realization of it, it's such a small existence to frame your life in. Yes. To be framed in that selfishness selfishness that that i make these decisions to get ahead at all costs and right and at any cost if there's carnage well then that's yeah yeah fuck it it doesn't matter right right Right? or they're they're just a number on a tabular sheet that i don't you know they don't mean anything to me stalin said during world war ii when the germans invaded the soviet union and he was being confronted about how many deaths were going to be he said look one death is a tragedy but a million deaths is a statistic. And see, God. and he was actually right, right? Yeah. And this is what's happening right now with COVID, right? Yeah. I mean, we just had 9-11. Right. And it was awful. Yeah. There was like 3,000 people died. And, and fucking America lost their shit. Yeah. Right? Last year, almost 700,000 people died. Yes. And people are still going, we don't want vaccines. We don't want masks, right? It's idiotic. It's complete nonsense that people are this selfish, because they have free will and they have volition. Yeah. It's a choice they're making. And this story actually taps into something that's really profound, especially in the world of the financial markets where mm. greed is good. Like Gordon Gecko, the fucking, you know, during that era, this whole notion of our profit at any cost, mm-hmm. right? 
And it turns out there was a cost and it cost millions of people their homes, immense heartbreak around the world, like incredible. Well, and, it, and this is the thing is we have this 1% or 2% of the world. Yeah. That's super in, wealthy. Lives super wealthy, yeah. like beyond what anyone could even comprehend. Yeah. Right. And they have more money than they would ever need in 20, 30, 40 lifetimes. A thousand lifetimes. Right. Right. And I'm not trying to say give everyone the same amount of money right. to live off of, but we have enough wealth to add to everyone's life. I just don't understand totally do. why it has to be such a struggle. We're we're such selfish critters yeah. that we just, well, just I'm don't reading the book that. Sapiens right now. Yeah. And here's the thing. 99% of everything that's ever been alive on Earth is extinct. Yeah. And where we are now is we're facing another mass extinction. Mm-hmm. And it's the choices we're making. It's the fact that we're putting money ahead of the environment. It's the fact that the oil industry is deeply embedded in Congress. You know, it's like there's so much corruption in this whole conversation. And the energy that comes off of negative, like, you know, hate and greed and the kind of energy you're admitting in those places. And if you look at Twitters and it's a cesspool of just hate and people complaining and arguing. Lots of angst. Yeah. And the energy vibration from that is just terrible. Yeah. And I think it's so simple to be in sync with your brothers and sisters of this world. Well, you know, you come from a Native American experience. Yeah, yeah. And So that, you know, so this is all foreign to me. It right. feels so foreign to my soul. Yeah, just if you go back, you know, even a few hundred years, Native Americans lived in concert with the environment, Yeah, right? And now we have a society that lives completely in almost conflict with the environment. Yeah, and you feel it. You yeah. feel it in your space that you hold. Just yeah. the space you're in, you feel it. Without anyone else around, I feel yeah. the disrupt. And it's just striking that this, Amy felt the disrupt happening. She, she did. was trying to invest in She didn't feel that there were, there, she felt there were shady things going on. She yeah. was trying. She has a certain ethic. Yeah. Yes. And so you see it now come full circle in this right. chapter. And then they even mentioned something about Alex being the leader of that one advisors group. Yes. You remember how they made it sound like earlier on, she was just, working for the advisors group. She was leading that advisor group. This was a major love triangle. Yeah, this was very, very, very salacious and very, very, very dirty. And, you know, really, we know that this is a fictional story, you know, based on ideas of that time. Yeah. But this kind of stuff is going on. Has gone on. Is still going on. This is the the shit. (laughs) Yeah, people are dirty. Yeah. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Cheers!